Hello, thank you for tuning in. You are listening to the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. For network or show information, visit byteradio.me or call 843-808-0777. And now, the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Good day, everyone, and thank you for joining us for this edition of the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Today, my special guest is Jane Enright, and we will be talking about her journey as well as her new book, Butterside Up, How I Survived My Most Terrible Year and Created My Super Awesome Life. In the span of 12 months, Jane Enright endured three life-altering events, lost everything, and hit rock bottom. An ordinary person who survived some extraordinary things, she just released a new book, which is a creative nonfiction work with stories and a healthy dose of humor. Butterside Up describes a heroine's real-life journey with a playbook approach and inspires readers to successfully embrace and navigate change so they can land Butterside Up in the game of life. In a time of uncertainty in this world, Jane's entire platform, My Super Awesome Life, is much-needed edutainment and mentorship for the soul. For more information, you can visit Jane's website, which is www.mysuperawesomelife.com. And with that, I'd like to welcome Jane to the show. Good day, Jane. Oh, hi, Robert. How are you? Thanks for having me. Um, I'm awesome, and I'm going to be super awesome <laughs> by the end of the show. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, well, anyway, I'm really happy to have you here, and you know, and, and you know, the one thing I enjoy enjoy is is that you included humor, you know, in your book, and you know, it's just real important during this time to to be able to laugh, laugh a bit. It is. It is. I, I'm one of those people that, you know, when I grew up, my family, when we were going through things, we always tried to have a sense of humor along the way. So uh, I'm happy. I always like that about people when I meet them. So I'm, I'm happy to share that yeah. with you and share it with your listeners. Great. So let's start. Now, I kind of gave a little, real quick mini overview of some of the things that <laughs> that led up to, to the book. But if you wouldn't mind sharing with the listeners, um, you know, in a little bit more detail about your journey and, and what, you know, led you up to writing Butterside Up. Certainly. My pleasure. And thank you very much for that kind introduction. Um, well, I like to say that stuff with four letters ending in a T at the end happens to all of us, Robert, but it's how you handle it that matters. And my journey uh, started when I experienced three life-altering events in the span of month, 12 months, as you said. Uh, I suffered a head injury in 2017 that left me with a severe concussion and a TBI, a traumatic brain injury. And uh, I got hit in the head with a volleyball. Uh, very, very forcefully at a sporting event, and I lost part of my speech and hearing, and I had what's called speech aphasia, which is word-finding issues and some short-term memory loss. So I really was like Dory in Finding Nemo. You know, I I couldn't remember, you know, simple things that I remembered before, and I was really out of commission for about eight months trying to get back on track when my partner at the time suffered his own devastating event, a car accident, and a subsequent fall that left him with a severe bleed in his brain and uh, a catastrophic traumatic brain injury himself and a hospital stay that lasted 76 days. Uh, So on day 10 of the hospital stay, he greeted me with, uh, everyone is so nice here. I can't remember who anyone is, but you're the nicest and the prettiest. He basically awoke from a semi-coma, and uh, he could not remember who I was nor anything about our life together or his life. So really, I was thrown into a situation where I needed to not only take care of myself, but advocate for him because he could not advocate for himself at the time. Uh, And as he was being discharged uh, into a supported living situation, I had my third thing happen. My best friend of 40 years was diagnosed with stage four pancreatic cancer. Now, I'm, I'm telling you these things very calmly now because I processed them. But at the time, you can imagine how traumatic all this grief and loss was. And, um, you know, especially 
you know, when I heard about Jen after all this had happened to me, basically my, my friend went to the emergency room with abdominal pain and she left with a terminal diagnosis. And uh, she asked me to come and help her, and I did until she passed away uh, three weeks later. So I spent over 100 consecutive days in hospitals advocating for people I cared deeply about and an entire 12 months experiencing a lot of trauma and drama. So it was quite, you know, it was was quite a bit to handle, as you can imagine, 12 months. I think so. I think so. I mean, you know, one of those, any one of those in um you know, a person's lifetime is uh, is a bit much, and you know, and one of the things I loved, um, you know, you mentioned about um, your partner, well, Clayton, um, and you, you call him C. Um, the one yeah. thing that was very touching in in the book is when you, you know, went through. Um, you're describing very patiently to to him, you know, who you were and his life and that kind of thing, and then and then the emails that you sent people on updates. You know, those were very. Um, I thought, you know, for people who are dealing with, you know, challenges or grief or, you know, those kind of traumatic situations, that that was uh, the way that you wrote it was a wonderful way of keeping people informed, but also kind of allowing you the space to deal with it. Was Can you tell us a little bit about, you know, kind of like why, you know, why you decided to do that and, and, you know, what was your experience with sending out those emails? Sure. No, that's a great question. Um, well, first of all, I mean, it was, it was practical, the practical side of me. I just, I was still dealing with my own head injury and I had, I couldn't talk, you know, I, I couldn't speak properly. So I gravitated towards writing because a, I couldn't remember things like I used to and B I had word finding issues and with all this stress, um, you know, the emotional strain of retelling your story over and over and over again, that's exhausting. But people obviously wanted to know what was happening and and how everybody was doing. So I started, you know, my dear friends and family update to and and I've always been a positive person, but these events really pushed me to limits I never thought possible. Um, And there were, you know, many hints that I was supposed to be writing these updates, but I couldn't really explain why at the time so when I wrote them I didn't write them so you know poor us I started you know dear friends and family Mm -hmm. and this is what's happening and I tried to tried to take a lighthearted view you know everything from you know you know you've been in the hospital too long when to you know I can't believe you know there you know this happened today uh, so that was really something that helped me get get my message out and something I would advocate for others going through a lot of, you know, trauma and grief in their life uh, when they're advocating for someone is to have a mode of communication that works not only for you but for others to keep in touch and stay connected, particularly during a pandemic where, you know, you might suddenly find yourself with a loved one in the hospital and having to advocate for them. Yeah, very much so. And, you know, and, and I was just listening this morning to someone's story when one of the nurses tried to contact, um, you know, the spouse of someone who had passed on, but that one had passed on and their 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 child had also died. You know, I mean, it was one of those cases oh. where it's like, oh, oh, you know, oh, yeah. my God, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, and it's mm-hmm. one of those things you, you kind of have to, you know, just be aware, be aware of that. And, and later on, I'm going to want to talk about um, some of the tips that you have for uncertain times, and um, but we'll cover that shortly. Um, now, you obviously when, you know, each of these tragic situations happened, um, what would you say um, you have learned is the first um, step toward, you know, kind of navigating whatever is happening. Okay. Well, I I always like, again, I don't have a PhD. You know, I'm not a psychologist, but I do have something. I always like to say I have a DP, a doctorate of personal experience. I mean, I've been, you know, walking along. You've got plenty. That that firsthand knowledge is important. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Um, the first step that helped me pivot and be able to get through all these things butter side up was really acceptance. 
Uh, acceptance is really the first step towards navigating change of any kind, especially rapid, unexpected change. And accepting change has occurred, it doesn't mean that you have to like what is happening, like a pandemic, but it's the actual willingness to change, uh, to accept change rather than resist or deny it that helps you move forward and shift your perspective towards a more positive mindset. That is accepting that you want things to be different um, than they were and being a more flexible thinker and looking at your options when successfully, you know, navigating change. That's what I talk about in the book. So when Clayton woke up and I realized he couldn't, he didn't, he truly did not remember who I was. He did not remember where we lived, that he, he didn't remember how we met. He didn't remember how old he was. He didn't remember that we were engaged. I basically had to retell him the story of our life. And in order to do that, I had to accept quite quickly that this had happened. I wasn't happy about it. I didn't know how I was going to do it. But I knew that if I was going to get him, you know, out the other end of this and myself, that I very quickly needed to accept that this had happened and move, so I could move forward, not backward. Yeah, yeah very much. Now, I, I, I did get a chuckle when um, he was going through, you're describing him kind of going, you're explaining things, and then the fact that you and he lived in the same place and were married, and, and his comment yeah. was that he must have been a lucky son of a <laughs> son of a bitch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> to be married to you, so you oh, know, yeah. and you know, and when you and when you, I mean, it's you know, it, it's there's such. Um, um, uh, uh, an honesty with that, you know. I mean, it's the fact that he couldn't remember, you know, basically who you are. I mean, that was one of those things where, you know, it was just unbridled, you know, unfiltered, you know, kind of. And that, that had to have been very special. It was, and you know, this happened on day ten. This didn't happen on day one or two. This happened on day ten because, you know, we'd gone through quite. We we'd gone through the from the emergency room to the the neurosurgical unit to the ICU and back and forth. And I didn't, you know, you're first of all you're exhausted. Anybody that's been in those, you know, in a stressful situation like that, you're exhausted and you're just trying to get through the day. I. I say in the book, it was like one big AA meeting. I've never been to AA, Alcoholics Anonymous, but I love the principle of one day at a time. I mean, I really was just moving from one day to the next, trying to survive. But on day 10, when he said, you know, I live with you, we live together, you know, do do we sleep together? You know, I mean, he didn't remember (laughs) anything, like nothing, Uh you know, nothing. And, you know, do our parents know? And, you know, I mean, I was here I was on my iPhone. Like, how do I tell this guy who I am? You know, he <laughs> he instinctively knew. He said I was the nicest and the prettiest. So he instinctively knew that I was, you know, he was drawn to me in some way. But he right. absolutely had no reference whatsoever as to who I was. And it did take him a few more weeks to put the pieces together enough to understand who I was. He had um, post-traumatic amnesia on top of a lot of other things. So he did regain, the good news is, is that after 76 days, he, you know, he did know who I was, but there were still major gaps and there still are major gaps today. But at least, you know, after a few weeks, he did remember who I was, but I really did have to retell him the story, not only our life together, but his life and who he was as a person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was just a real, you know, touching, you know, kind of that. You know, and and you know, in today's day of of COVID, you know, there are you know so many um, those kind of people are sharing those kinds of moments. You know, that kind of closeness now. And um, anyway, I decided it was a, a wonderful. Um, it was just, it was just a wonderful representation of, of you know of what can happen. You know. To someone and, and how we should kind of work with it. Um, well, now, well, thank we're, you. Yeah. Well, we know we're we're talking about change, you know, and a lot of this is, um, you know, unplanned change. Um, in, yes. in your book, you you spend a little bit of time, you know, drawing the distinction between planned changes and unplanned changes. So, can you can you talk to us about? Um, you know, why you felt it was important to include, you know, that view of change. Certainly, yes. Um, Well, before my accident, before I had my own 
you know, personal injury, uh, before my first thing happened, um, I was a strategic planner, and I spent years um, helping businesses plan for and execute um, change and deal with both the uh, expected and unexpected events. So there really are two types of change, planned and unplanned. Planned is a conscious, conscious choice or decision. So in your personal life, that might be, you know, planning to get married or planning to have children or buying a home or, you know, getting your driver's license or going to, you know, post-secondary education, et cetera, or deciding that you're going to, you know, as I say in the book, uh, you know, lay off the pizza and bulk up on the kale salad. You know, you're going to get healthy. Unplanned change is an unfor- is a consequence of an unforeseen event. Um, so that could be an illness, it could be um, a layoff, it could be a divorce, uh, or it could be, you know, change that can change its mind any time, like COVID, like a pandemic. Yeah. I think for yeah. me, the, re- the reason I wanted to distinguish it in the book is because I've learned with, through my experiences, through helping, uh, you know, businesses uh, previously mm-hmm. with planning for change and unplanned change and change in my own life. Life really is change, but we need to distinguish between the two because we often handle things very differently uh, because of the context of things. Yeah. So keeping that in mind, you know, with, with as far as our, the context of now, it would seem then that plan to change would be something that we are, working toward or, or, the, or yeah. something that is drawing us toward it. And then the unplanned can, can be either. I mean, it can be one of those, um, it can be a, you know, viewed as a positive or a, or a challenge, a particular challenge. So um, yeah. do you, would you say that people, you know, react um, because of that basic difference that, that our reactions to change um, differ depending on the type? Okay. I mean, that's been my experience. How many people have you heard say, I hate change? That's because most people <laughs> do. Fear of the unknown is a huge barrier to change. And oftentimes that's what keeps us in our safe you know, spot, our comfort zone, our, 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 whether it be good or bad. I mean, that's, you know, that can cause stagnation. And, you know, keep us in situations where we really shouldn't be, say, you know, a job that we're really not enjoying or a relationship that's not really serving us well or, you know, eating, you know, eating habits, those types of things. Um, in, terms of, uh, in terms of the broader spectrum of things, once we realize that life really is change, we come to a different place in terms of overcoming our fear of it Um, because life is, if we don't accept, first of all, that life is a series of changes, that's where we can get kind of caught up in our own head. And um, looking at your scenario, I talk about in the book, looking at your scenario from the outside in can really help you more readily accept change and reduce your fear and see the big picture, whether it's an unplanned change or a planned change in your life. Yeah. Speaking of um, OMG, what is, can you oh, tell, yes. tell us about the OMG and the, the philosophy behind that? Well, you know, it's interesting. When I was, I mean, when I was navigating all this rapid, unplanned change, um, I didn't have time to read a textbook to figure it all out. I mean, and most people don't. You know, uh, I touch on that in Chapter 6 of Butter Side Up, and it's called Life is Not a Textbook, because it's not. We just don't know what's around the next corner. And I think COVID is a reminder to all of us that we just don't know what the next five minutes it was going to bring. So when I, when I was going through these different things, and I was using my outside and thinking, for, for me, um, most people say, OMG, they say, oh, my God, oh, my God, what's next? But for me, um, OMG for me is outside and thinking mindfulness and gratitude. Um, I knew I was doing these things uh, unconsciously when I was going through change. But when I decided to write the book, I knew I needed to explain things in a way that people could understand. And after some, you know, noodling, I came up with OMG. So basically, 
outside in thinking, I learned this when I was a planner. Looking at situations from the outside in rather than the inside out helps you navigate the journey and plan the route. Basically, outside in thinking um, is looking at your life as an observer. And Michael Singer talks about this in his book, The Untethered Soul. Have you ever read anything by him? Because it's a fascinating book. I, I really not. highly recommend yeah. it. Yeah. I'll have to check um, into that. It's it's very and I've I've got it as as a suggested read in the book. Um, t- basically, outside and thinking is taking the emotionality out of the situation. It's looking at your life as a as an observer, um, or as a friend. It's being in the audience and looking at the stage rather than being in the play itself. It helps you look at the big picture and not get caught in the weeds as you navigate change. I'm not saying you don't get emotional about things. But it really helps you overcome your fear of the unknown and, you know, get out of that comfort zone. It it really helps you to focus on the big picture and not get caught in the weeds and find answers when you need them. And that's where I talk about in the book a tool. I used a tool like an environmental scan. So when I was talking to all these neurologists about Clayton and what was going to happen to him and what you know, I needed to do to help him move forward, not backward. I basically did a scan. That's chapter three, going to the office. I I looked at things differently and I said, well, you know, if we're going to get out of this, you know, I need to tr- treat this as a project, project memory. So I sat down, you know, and on the back of a hospital menu, I went through the strengths and the weaknesses and the opportunities and the threats of the situation so I could come up with a plan to move forward and make decisions, and find clarity of thought. Um, In terms of the M in OMG, that's really trying to stay in the present and be mindful. And I saw this actually happen with Clayton during his hospital stay. Because he could not remember the past or think about the future, he was in a constant state of mindfulness. So mindfulness really supports you to navigate the journey that's the m and omg being mindful or staying in the present is another strategy we can use and because it helps us reduce anxiety about the future and depression about the past so a lot of you know there's a lot of emphasis on mindfulness in today's society people talk about you know going to retreats and you know meditating and and doing different things to be mindful which is very very good but most people don't understand why being mindful helps us so it's really i mean it not only helps us in our day-to-day living but can also be a strategy to navigate change because it helps calm our minds it promotes clarity of thought and assists us to develop a more positive mindset so we can handle and successfully navigate change so you know, going through COVID now when, mm-hmm. oh, gosh, are my kids going to school? Or are they not going to school? You know, am I, is my business going to be closed today? Is it going to be open today? Am I going to be able to go to the grocery store? Am I not going to be able to go to the grocery store? Those kinds of things. So mindfulness helps us with that, that day-to-day. And finally, the G in OMG is, um, is gratitude. And... Um, Gratitude really helps us illuminate the path because as a society, we tend to focus on what we don't have rather than what we do have. And when we're all faced with situations in our lives, especially ones that involve grief and loss, and there seems nothing to be grateful for, gratitude can really get you out of a tough situation. It's during those moments that, um, you know, gratitude can help you uh, stay grounded and move forward. So, for example, each day... At the end of each day, um, you know, I was, as I was going through my journey, I would say, what am I grateful for today? You know, I'm, I'm grateful that Clayton's still breathing and he doesn't need a breathing tube. I'm grateful that, uh, for that neighbor that dropped off that dinner today. I'm grateful that I still have peace of mind. I'm grateful that I was able to get out for a walk and get outside. You know, those types of things, um, that was, that's, the, the gratitude that I saw every day. So OMG is really what got me through 12 months of chaos and not knowing what the next five minutes would bring. So when COVID hit, you know, it was just, it was like, gosh, you know, people would say, this is incredible, all this catastrophic change. I don't know how I'm going to handle this. And I thought, hmm, I've already done this. I got a play book. I know how to do this. Here I go, you know. So anyway, that's that's uh-huh. really uh, 
and I, I was writing. I was actually still writing um, when COVID wow. hit March. I, the book, it was like, it, the book took me nine months. I started last October. I didn't know there was going to be a pandemic, and I would be talking about unplanned change with people during a pandemic. And uh, I started in October and finished this past June, and now the book comes out. To, it's out today. Yeah, yeah. I, I know. As I was reading and I saw the unplanned change, the pandemic, I thought, huh, I know <laughs> someone was still writing it at a certain time. Uh, I was. I had but, to write um, an addendum at the end. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just been it's just been amazing. Um, we're about halfway through the show, Jane. I want to take just a quick break, and I do want to invite listeners if you would like to call in and ask Jane any questions, you can call in at six one nine seven eight nine four three five nine. And for those listening live in the chat room, if you have any questions for Jane, feel free to type them in there. Um, and then when we come back um, from break, Jane. Um, in your book, you have like seven, excuse me, 11 super awesome ways <laughs> to practice gratitude, which we were just talking about. So when we come back from break, maybe we can run through a few of them, just, just so people can realize how much power they have in their hand for that, okay? Wonderful. Be my pleasure. Great. Great. Everyone stay tuned. We'll be right back after this brief break. Hello, this is Robert Sharp. I want to thank you for joining us and hope that you are enjoying today's show. Just a reminder that we have a wealth of information and resources available on our website, byteradio.me. There is a calendar of upcoming shows, along with an archive link that will give you access to more than 1,400 shows we have had over the past nine years. Also on the site is a link to the products and services we provide, books, photography, a wellness store, and self-publishing assistance. Our show is a free podcast on iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, iHeartRadio, and TuneIn. And you can subscribe for free on any of those platforms by using the links on our website homepage. We are on many social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, etc., and we also have buttons to those platforms at the top of our home page. Our website, byteradio.me, has much for you to explore and enjoy. I also very much appreciate you supporting our guests, and especially today's guest. And now, back to the show. Okay, everyone, thank you for staying with us again today. My special guest is Jane Enright, and we are talking about her new book, Butterside Up, How I Survived My Most Terrible Year and Created My Super Awesome Life. And again, you can find out more about uh, Jane and her book and everything else she has to offer by visiting her website, which is www.mysuperawesomelife.com. Okay, with that, we're back, Jane. Hi, Robert. Hi. Well, before we go into the um, ideas for gratitude, I, I meant to ask in the beginning of the show, the title of one's book is a very um, important step <laughs> in writing a book. So can you, would you mind sharing with the listeners you know, why you chose the title, Butter Side Up? Oh, sure. That, I, I'd be happy to. Um, I mean, it's a phrase that I have used for years. You know, like, did you land butter side up on that one, right? Whether it be, you know, if you were playing a board game with your child or, you know, a difficult problem. Um, basically, butter side up and the question of why a piece of falling toast tends to land butter side down more than butter side up, it's really plagued uh, our minds for centuries. Um, this drop toast is really a universal example of our tendency as individuals to view the world more negatively than positively basically Murphy's Law. Um, we favor believing what can go wrong, will go wrong, over a more optimistic viewpoint. So, um, you know, this begs the question, when the unexpected occurs, how do we successfully navigate change so we can move forward, not backward, and make our, our ideas happen and land butter side up in the game of life? I've always been about making ideas happen. And um, when, all, when my three things happened, uh, in my journey, I said uh, one day, I just said, look at, uh, you know, I'm tired of hard and fat. I want to land butter side up on this one, and I want to create a super awesome life. 
so it was all about living intentionally and with purpose so I could make that happen. And others, and now to help others too, so they can land butter side up in the game of life as well. I like that. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and you, you're when you were talking about it in the book, you talk about how, you know, if it lands butter side up, things are salvageable. You know, versus yes. that, that yes. <laughs> downturn yes. Oh, yes. messy. Some people, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. For some, you know, the outcome of the drop toast can make the difference between having a good day or a bad day. For instance, you know, it's going to be a good day when your toast lands butter side up because butter side up is salvageable. But if your toast lands butter side down, you need to start from scratch. You know, or sometimes in the blink of an eye, your life can be, you know, quote, toast. You know, like, what am I going to do now? You know, OMG. So uh, <laughs> instead of saying, uh-huh. instead of wondering what if, I decided to put OMG together in a different context and try and pass along some principles that I learned that helped me get out of a lot of uh, tough situations and overcome a lot of trauma and grief in my life so I could uh, create a new storyline. Yeah, and that, and that's a, a, a great. Uh, I mean, as far as um, acronyms, you know, it, it's a wonderful kind of redefinition, you know, of <clears throat> excuse me, of the letters OMG. Um, now, one of the things um, you, you mentioned, we were mentioning gratitude before the break, and you do have in your books uh, eleven super awesome ways to practice gratitude. Um, and then we, we talked a little bit about one. You talked about a. a gratitude journal, you know, that one can add yeah. to, to daily. Um, but can you maybe um, give the listeners um, just uh, some some ideas, some simple ideas of what they can do um, to increase gratitude, either from a giver or a receiver end? Certainly. Um, I think, again, as a society, we tend to focus on what we don't have rather than what we do have. And um, during those moments, it can be very difficult to remain grounded and see the upside of things. So when I was navigating change through my most terrible year, I started looking at things differently. I I started practicing gratitude daily and looking at endings as new beginnings. And um, uh, William Bridges talks about this. He really started the conversation about change in the 70s and talked about the psychology behind it, and I basically just continued it. So while gratitude does not make you immune to negative feelings, it can make you more resilient because it magnifies positive emotions rather than negative ones. And it's basically very positive for us. It can have a transformative effect on our lives because people with more grateful dispositions are more likely to bounce back after times of great adversity. And people who practice gratitude are more likely to have more proactive coping styles and seek out social supports in times of need, something that we all need now. So absolutely, keeping a gratitude journal and adding to it daily, getting into the habit of, um, you know, just saying, what am I grateful for today? It could be something as simple as, I'm healthy today. You know, I'm not, I'm not struggling with illness today. Um, I've, got, I've got great food to eat. I had a super awesome conversation, you know, with, with my neighbor at the end of the driveway. Um, I also believe in kindness and treating others as you would want to be treated and because it comes back to you. And the simplest and easiest way to demonstrate gratitude is to say thank you. You know, expressing thanks or giving a kind word um, is healing for a troubled soul. And it can really have a positive effect on individuals who are stressed or feel underappreciated. Um, you know, think of all those people that are out there, our healthcare workers and people in our grocery stores, those first-line responders, front, uh, you know, front-of-the-line workers that are helping us, yeah. you know, during a tough time and wearing a mask all the time. You know, I make an extra special effort to say thank you, saying hello to people I pass on the street. Because, again, um, there's a lot of people now that are um, socially, uh, obviously we're socially distanced because we need to be. Right. We need to keep each other safe. But social distancing does not need to mean social isolation. So including others in your plans, you know, if you know someone who's single or alone or lonely, they really, you know, and you've got uh, Thanksgiving coming up in the U.S., you may not be able to invite them over to your home for a meal if that, you know, because that's not safe to do, but telephoning them, you know, dropping off a meal, 
you know, uh, va- you know, asking them if they want to, you know, meet on the lawn, on a lawn chair, and socially distance and have a coffee or a conversation, um, or go for a walk. When you include others in your plans, it lets them know you're thinking about them and you value your friendship. Um, you know, providing encouragement, performing random acts of kindness, you know, letting people merge in front of you in traffic, taking some homemade treats to your neighbor, um, just even like smiling and saying hello on the street. For some people uh, in this day and age during a pandemic, it might be the difference between having a good day or a bad day because that might be the only social interaction they have. Yeah, yeah those are very, um, those are wonderful ways of, of, um, of experiencing gratitude and also um, helping others experience gratitude. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's a real important thing. Um, now, part, um, also in your book, you, um, you have a section called Tips for Landing Butter Side Up During Uncertain Times. And if yeah. you discuss some of them, you know, uh, accepting what is, um, using your OMG. Um, yeah. But, um, and in fact, I think gratitude. But what, one of the um, uh, items in there you talk about, um, I'd like to maybe to share a little bit about, it's called, it's, you say pivot. Um, yeah. And again, a tip for landing butter side up and employing a pivot. So can you maybe give us an example of, of what that might look like? Certainly. Oh, I'd be happy to. Um, So, you know, stuff with four letters and it's ending in a T happens to all of us. We talked about that. But it's how you handle it that matters. So um, I can't control, necessarily control what's happening to me day to day, but I can control my reaction to it. And being an open, flexible thinker and maintaining a positive mindset, it not only attracts more brightness into your life, but it can help you successfully handle and navigate change and create your own, you know, super awesome storyline no matter what the situation. So that person, um, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I, I'm one of those people that when I walk into a store right now, if I'm supposed to wear a mask, nine times out of ten, I forget to put it on. It's not because I don't respect, you know, the rules. I'm very conscious of the rules. But I truly consciously do not think to do that because it's just not in my conscious mind. So if somebody, you know, is a little bit concerned about, you know, social distancing or spacing or whatever, um, being able to pivot and say, you know what, I can understand why they might be concerned about that because maybe they have a loved one that they're trying to protect, you know, at home and keep safe. Mm -hmm. So that would be something about pivoting. Um, Say you're experiencing a loss, like a job loss. Um, that's That's a very major transition in one's life. But um, instead of looking at it as a, as a loss, um, endings can be also new beginnings. They can also bring a lot of joy and happiness. Maybe you didn't necessarily enjoy that job. Maybe it's a time for you to decide, hey, I might want to try something new in my life or working from home. You know, there's a lot of people now that are working from home uh, rather than going to an office. And some people are frustrated by that. Some people not. Um, seeing the benefits in it, seeing the opportunity to have more time, seeing the opportunity to not have to put on pants with buttons every day and sit, you know, and sit in front of your yeah. computer and, and, and relax. Um, you know, the uh, pivoting in terms of connecting with friends and family. Maybe we can't connect in person, but when, you know, having a FaceTime Friday, you know, having a regular night where you get together with your friends on FaceTime, and you have a beverage of choice, and, you know, you talk about your week and you support each other. That's flexible thinking. That's being creative. That's looking at a situation differently and seeing it as an opportunity. An opportunity, I think COVID is really an opportunity for all of us um, during an uncertain time to stop, slow down, and say, what's important to us? You know, what, how, do, how do we want to live our life? Who do we want to spend our time with? Because once you do that um, and you realize that happiness is, um, you don't find happiness, you create it, you begin to live your life more intentionally and you become more careful about what you do let into your life or not into your life. 
Yeah, yeah, it, that very much so. I, I really think this has created a, an environment where there's just you know, a lot of reflection you know, going on, you know, and introspection yeah. and, and, and realignment, you know, realignment not only of personal lives, but also, you know, our structures, our social structures and global structures are also kind of going through a major realignment, I think. Oh, yes, because um, disasters like COVID um, are accelerators for change. They, they illuminate things that need to be changed as a society. It's an opportunity for us to grow. So it brings to light things that need to be changed for the better. That could be um, things in our personal life or it can be things as a society. For example, um, I'm Canadian, and it became very clear here in Canada that there was no national strategy for long-term care um, in Canada, believe it or not. It was regulated province to province. And this became quite a Who knew? I didn't know that. And it became quite a problem. So now there, you know, things are going to change for the better because we're really revisiting how we're um, treating our most vulnerable populations and looking at long-term care a little more, you know, a little differently and changing things for the better. Things, um, you know, like that are, are accelerators for change. Um, so it's good things can yeah. come out of, of seemingly bad things. Yeah, it can, it can, you know, and it does produce um, a lot more opportunity. And and I, I will venture to say that business schools from now on are going to have a very uh, different view of business models, you know, and, and how they go about, yes. you know, uh, predicting and, and, and uh, you know, kind of um, strategizing, you know, what uh, what can happen with business. Um, I think, you know, this has really turned a lot of that on its head, you know, as well. But um, but again, it's, it's, I think that's, in, in a way, that's that out of, you know, outside thinking, you know, that's kind of outside, you know, when you look at the systems from from a distance, from a little bit, that, that provides that um, opportunity for that change. Yes, and, and one of the things I also talk about um, in terms of tips to land butter side up during uncertain times is developing new routines and rituals. So the good news is is that, you know, the, the bad news is COVID is here. The good news is we're all in this together. You know, never have we had such unprecedented change globally on a global scale uh, as we have with COVID. But the good news is, is we're all in this together. So it's not just affecting your life or my life. It's affecting everyone's life. And it is an opportunity, like you say, whether you're a business school or, you know, a, a, a you know, post-secondary or, or your, your home environment, it is an opportunity to develop new routines and rituals. Um, and that's some, and it can be an opportunity to look at things a little differently. So, you know, developing a new exercise routine or that extra time on your hands, you know, taking a course or trying a new recipe or having more time with your family, um, you know, having a date night with your spouse, you know, um, at home instead of in a restaurant. Having schedules and routines will help things seem more right side up than upside down, and they'll bring balance to your life and others around you. So you can not only – you need to help yourself so you can help others. Yeah, yeah very much. And, and then one – actually, the last one in that group, um, keep the faith. <laughs> yes. You know, um, yes. I, think, I think maybe we've kind of lost a little bit about that. So can you – can you kind of um, put that little icing on the cake? Oh, for sure. You know what? No, no matter if you're, for me, you know, in the end, it's having faith that everything will be okay. Um, I, I, faith is, for me, faith is believing in something when logic tells you not to, you know. Do you remember Miracle, mm-hmm. Miracle on 34th Street? That's actually where I first heard that line when I was a child. Faith is believing in something when logic tells you you should not. And, um, you know, I believe if you do good things, good things will come back to you and everything will work out for the best. And sometimes you don't, you know, you can't wonder or imagine or obsess. You just need to breathe and take one day at a time and have faith and believe that everything will work out as it should. And uh, nine times out of ten, it usually does. Yeah, yep. And and many times it's hindsight, you know, and, and sometimes, you know, quite a bit of hindsight that has to happen in order to, to see the perspective of kind of what happened and how it 
fits into the scheme of things. Um, so now, you've, with all of the hardship and, and challenges that you've gone through, um, what, you know, if there's someone out there right now who's, you know, just finding it hard to hold on, you know, that that they, it, yeah. it's like they've seemed like they've tapped out every bit of strength that they had. Um, mm-hmm. What would you say to someone out there who may be feeling like that right at the moment? Mm-hmm. I again, it, you're right. It is very difficult because not everyone's journey is unique. You know, I went through three very catastrophic things. Uh, very quickly in my life. Um, Is that going to happen to everyone? No. And I don't pretend to know someone else's situation. We all have had similar experiences, Mm -hmm. similar dynamics, but we're all different. First of all, I think if you don't feel you have it now, um, I think it's very, very important to surround yourself with people that care about you and care about your well-being. And if you don't have that in your immediate circle, such as a, a friendship circle or um, a friend or family um, or, or professionally, you need to reach out to an organization that can help you with that. Um, organizations like the Salvation Army. And um, I think it's um, there's a, I uh, looked up a resource for you just before. Um, I'm having trouble finding it, but mental health associations. Um, you know, mm-hmm. and local community organizations and churches. Um, taking, I think it's called Taking Time to Talk Now. dot com. Um, it's very, very important to keep connected. Again, we don't want to just because we're social distancing doesn't mean we need to be socially isolated. So, keeping connected with things that are positive that help you keep connected to others in a positive space with a positive mindset is very, very important. Um, developing those new routines and rituals, reaching out, asking for help, because there are people and organizations out there that will help you, like your local schools, your local churches, um, organizations like the Salvation Army and the Mental Health Associations, your doctor, um, getting you connected with people that can help and support you. Um, So you can develop your routines and rituals and uh, work on your positive mindset. The other thing that I like too is, is affirmations. And Louise Hay was a big influence in my life um, going through this. And affirmations are um, basically choosing to think differently about a situation to bring things or not bring things into your life. And, you know, affirmations like I'm choosing, to, you know, happiness today. I'm choosing to accept that I cannot change the situation, but I accept that I can change the way I reacted to it. You know, I'm choosing to think about this situation more positively. Even just saying those things out loud um, can be very, very powerful, you know, um, to your mind. Yeah, it's important to to have that circle. Um, you know, and you know, you you talk in the book about you know how important that uh, that the circle and, and community are in in dealing with um, change, traumatic change. Yes, very traumatic change. And and the thing is, there are people out there that can help us and. Um, you know, the, you know, even our local health organizations can direct us to, to resources. So I talk about in the book, just like we put those two weeks' worth of groceries in the pantry, maintaining a positive perspective is emergency preparedness for our minds. Having a healthy mind and perspective will help us pivot and successfully navigate unplanned change, um, you know, when we don't know what the next five minutes is going to bring. And that's where gratitude can be a very, very powerful tool to do that. But taking care of our basic needs, you know, accepting what is, focusing on our basic needs, um, making our home our sanctuary, you know, our living situation, and trying, if we don't have a healthy space to live, or we're facing, you know, some of us are going to be facing, you know, uh, a situation where we might not be living in a situation that's good, or we may be facing homelessness or a loss of some sort, you know, connecting with community organizations that can help us is very, very important. Yeah, very much so. And and I had to chuckle when you were, when you were mentioning about choosing happy. Um, yeah. On Facebook, um, a couple of days ago on Facebook, I had one of my, you know how Facebook pops up memories from, you know, years past? Yes. Um, I had one yes. pop up. I had one pop up that said, it was from five years ago to the day, 
And in the, it was one of those, uh, like a meme I kind of created with a, a picture of a yellow iris I had taken. And, and the words were, ah. choose to be happy. You know, and it was, make today a happy one. But anyway, and it was, I kind of, when, when that popped up, I thought, ah, I don't know if I want to, you know, kind of highlight that. I thought, no, you know, maybe it's important for someone, yeah. you know, but um, and then, you know, with the fact that you bring it up to me, it just, you know, those kinds of things reinforce, you know, out there that it's, it's really important at this time to, number one, recognize that you have a choice, you know, and then the, yeah. the second thing is to make a better choice. Yes, to make our thoughts are, you know, Louise Hayes has said um, very uh, succinctly, our thoughts are just thoughts and a thought can be changed. And choosing to think about a situation differently um, helps you get into a space where, you know, if you accept that we all have choices and we all deserve to be happy and that we choose happiness, that happiness is not a destination, that we don't find it, we choose it, and it's a conscious will or choice, then your path becomes a chapter, not the whole book. And that's what really moved me forward, not backward. I I chose that um, I was tired of hard and sad, and I wanted to have a super awesome life. And I consciously, you know, chose a different path uh, and chose to create opportunities so I could bring more happiness and joy into my life. After my most terrible year, I declared it my super awesome year, and I didn't know what was going to happen. I just said, you know what, I, I don't, you know, I can't uh, take any more of this, and this year is going to be all about me, and it's going to be all about me, you know, having joyful, happy experiences. And it didn't have to be things related to money. It was all about, you know, mm-hmm. taking a course that I wanted to take, volunteering, spending time with people and doing things um, that I wanted to do um, that, that uh, were fun and joyful for me. Yeah. Very important. Very important. Now, um, in the few minutes you have remaining, I, I want to, on your website, you have lots of things for people to see on your website. Um, in addition to your, the backstory, but you, and you've also got travel stories, um, I from uh, Italy and Australia, so people can check those out. But we also have a, a tab called Super Awesome Inspiration. And, of course, with my Bringing Inspiration to Earth title, I always um, love anything that deals with inspiration. But but in that particular one, you have something, a uh, super awesome podcast. Tell us about your podcast. Oh, okay. Well, I'm, I'm new. You're a veteran. I'm, I'm just an <laughs> But I started, um, I started my Super Awesome podcast because I, I wanted to delve into different topics about change. So, for example, we, um, we delve into, you know, ways to land butter side up during the pandemic and change can change its mind anytime. But we talk about, you know, different topics related to change like dating. You know, how do you approach dating? during the pandemic. So we had a dating expert on. We're releasing another one this week about navigating divorce. Um, That's a major change, especially during a pandemic. So how do you successfully navigate different types of change during um, uncertain times? So we invite uh, experts to come on, uh, as you do, and delve into different topics. So thanks for asking about that. And I'm hoping we can post the link to this one, too, because uh, it's important. We're all in this together. You know, we've got to help each other. Yeah. Out. We've got to stick together. Very much so. Very much. And and, um, and, and I, I have to say that one of my favorite pages um, under that the, the super awesome um, is the awesome top tens. <laughs> the, oh. You know, <laughs> I'm I'm all of a sudden very hungry <laughs> after, after oh, looking right. at those photos. Oh, under, yeah. That's all right. um, Oh, sure. Yeah, we do everything from, you know, tips. We did Mother's Day, you know, awesome tips to thank mom, to recipes, to, you know, all kinds of playlists. We've got our super awesome playlist. So if you want a super awesome playlist to clean the house with or, you know, dance to, you know, um, go for it. That's what we're all about. We're all about positive. And I really appreciate you bringing that to light too because that's what that's what my goal is is to really help people successfully navigate change and embrace change not fear it so they can land butter side yeah yeah absolutely yeah you know i just um i would i mean i know quite a few people who are very change resistant um you know they're um and i've known 
some that are <laughs> kind of extreme that you know do not give them any change, otherwise they're not happy. Um, but um, and and I would say that you know early, in my early years I wasn't really pleased, but because it seemed I guess at that particular time it seemed like most of the change was that um, unplanned change. You know, my life didn't yeah. have the balance of planning, planned a change. So, yeah. um, you know, and when it, that balance wasn't there, it didn't seem, I didn't seem as much in control or, or um, empowered with what was going on. Um, you know, but, you know, but that changes. And, and, you know, I think now, you know, I've gotten to the point where I embrace it. It's like, you know, bring, bring it on, you know, who wants to stay static anymore, you know, but. Yes. Yeah, and, and really but, but, not, and, 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 and letting go of expectations, too, is, is a big oh, thing. Yeah. Like I said, I wake up now every day and I say, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what the next five minutes is going to bring, but something super awesome is going to happen today. And I, I'm talking yep. to you. This is my, this is <laughs> my super go. awesome today. I met Robert <laughs> Sharp and, and hopefully uh, passed along some tips and tricks along the way to help people um, feel a little bit better. Um, and feel a little bit more in control um, about what's happening in, in, a, in a seemingly uncontrollable situation. Because we do have more control yeah. than we think. We can consciously choose to let things or not let things into our lives. And sometimes that means yeah. letting go of things that no longer serve us. And that can be hard. And that's what we talk about, too under our inspirational tips. Um, I talk about finding closure. I talk about the holidays and navigating change with your relatives, you know, all descending on you and how you handle that. Um, I talk about, um, you know, moving forward, not backward during change of seasons. You know, so there's lots of different topics that we delve into. So if you need some inspiration, I invite uh, (laughs) your listeners to uh, visit mysuperawesomelife.com and create a new storyline. That would be wonderful. Absolutely. So, and, and as I expected, I started the show awesome, and I'm ending it feeling super awesome. So I'm really oh, happy about that. Uh, um, so, if you have any maybe any final words for for listeners, or maybe you know what it is that you hope that that a reader will take away from reading Butterside Up, what what would that be? Well, again, I, I mean, when the unexpected occurs, you know. Like I said, we we often say, "Oh my God!" I, I really I really hope that um, listeners and and reader, if if they choose to read Better Side Up, which I hope they will, um, it is also available for free uh, download on NetGalley as well. If anyone has a subscription to that, um, but I hope that uh, readers will take away that you know there can be joy and happiness um, and and laughter and good things after catastrophic change. I've witnessed that in my own life, and I'm sure others have too. And if we can just um, keep our perspective and step back and take a breath and, uh, and recognize that um, and believe that, that good things can happen and believe in yourself, then nine times out of ten, everything will work out okay. And we can have brand-new unplanned change can can bring loss, but it can also bring brand new beginnings for us all and inspire us yeah. um, to do wonderful things. For me, you know, if these three things had never happened, I never would have written this book and I never would have found a career right. that I loved and I never would be talking to you right now, talking about I what know. I love and sharing it with others. Yeah. Yeah, I hate say you had to go through that, but then again, <laughs> it kind of was part of the story. So um, there's light at well, the end of the tunnel, and keeping the faith, <laughs> I think that's really important. It is. It is. Well, Jane, I really appreciate your time today. I really thoroughly enjoyed speaking with you, and and I know that the listeners will have gotten a lot out of our, our talk. And I want to thank you for your time. Well, thank you very much, Robert. It's been an absolute pleasure, and uh, I look forward to keeping connected. Absolutely. Likewise. Again, everyone, today my special guest has been Jane Enright, and we've been talking about her journey as well as her new book, Butterside Up, How I Survived My Most Terrible Year and Created My Super Awesome Life. And again, you can find out more by visiting Jane's website, which is www.mysuperawesomelife.com.
So everyone, I want to thank you for joining us for this edition of the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. And until we meet again, thank you for tuning in. You've been listening to the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Remember, our show is available as a free podcast from Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio. To follow our show, visit our homepage at ByteRadio.me and select the platform you use most. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at ByteRadioMe. Until we meet again, remember to be a bright light by bringing inspiration to your world and to the lives of those you touch.